0: You're listening to the IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Neelan. rock football fan tv this is the match preview republic of Ireland take on luxembourg in the viva stadium tomorrow at 7:45. i'm joined by gary spain we're here to preview the game gary uh, we're just after doing an opposition preview so we kind of have a little bit of knowledge about luxembourg which is great because it gives us a chance to kind of figure out how we may uh, play and you know Stephen Kenny obviously has Anthony Barry there and his backroom staff who probably would have analysed uh, the Luxembourg team after the Qatar game and previously before that. Um, it seems as though their their left wing back or left back, whatever what you want to call it, is out and it's the only one they had in their squad. So that is going to be an area we'd be looking to exploit. But before we come to that, Stephen changed his formation to three five two, which we all wanted to see the last day um out in out in Serbia. But do you think now? He may revert back to the four three three, or do you think he'll stay with the three five two We know that aaron Connolly is out injured for both the next two games, so he won't be available, so there'll definitely be a change up front anyway
1: yeah paul i, I think he will i mean we discussed it, and a number of people have discussed it it's three five two actually helps us to get our best players on the pitch and Given that Stephen has switched from his regular four-three-three, which is the way he's always played or nearly always played, I, I think we'll, he's going to stick with it again for tomorrow night. Uh, I, I think it makes sense. I, I think it worked, even though we lost on Wednesday night. I think it worked pretty well, and uh, so I would be. I'm certainly expecting again, even without Aaron Connolly, that we're going to have a, the three-five-two formation. And it could be interesting to see who he, he replaces Aaron with.
0: Yeah, no, if he does, I, if I'm being honest, and I felt, I I'll probably skipped that in the final words. So I felt as though Collins probably should have been on a bit earlier in the game on, on the other night. And I feel as though with that, I think Collins would have given us a bit more of a presence up top, someone who makes the ball kind of stick and, and, and someone we can kind of, aim towards, because as good as Connolly was running around and getting about, he wasn't really a, a, a presence around where I think Callum Robinson probably more so was. And to have maybe the two of them up top could be a good thing, you know, because you have one who's going to be busy and getting about. And then you have Collins who'll get the ball, take it in, give it to a man and get into the box. You've seen that a couple of times when he came on. Um, you know, or then you have the option of Shane Long as well, who, who would be more of the mold of Aaron Connolly in, in a little, bit of a way, you know what I mean? So it will be it will be a decision and you know, will he go for the four three three and maybe he he'll bring in McLean. So just so many little dynamics that we kinda of have to take into the equation. If you were gonna looking at it, what would you rather see a four three three or a three five two? Personally my preference would be three five two and fit again fitting into our wing backs and allowing Matt Daugherty that um to get at that left back whoever he is because they they're going to have a makeshift left back there that should be the area we should be pinpointing so i think we have to focus on that or have Darty if he's going to play fourth through three as that right winger
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we discussed it before when we thought he was going to play a stick with 4 3 3 in Serbia. That we were talking Seamus Coleman away from home and even Matt Doherty as the right back against Luxembourg when certainly we should be on the front foot more. I'd like to see him go with the the three at the back because I think it suits having Seamus Coleman as one of the three centre backs and having Matt Doherty as the wing back with very little, I think defensive responsibility its certainly to be bombing down the wing which he was so good at for Wolves and causing as you said Ben was saying they're, they're missing their only left sided uh, defender so whether he's a left back or a left wing back so they are going to be on, under, under pressure there they, the Qatar caused them problems there when the, the, the guy went off so I, I think it's an area we can exploit. And it it is a game. I mean, let's be frank, and I know Ben probably has pointed out that they've got probably better players than we had expected. But even still, it's a very small country, Luxembourg, and they will have, Okay, they've got some good players who've said in the Bundesliga, etc. But we should be on the front foot. We're playing at home and we should be attacking them. And it is a game We, we really should
0: win. Well, I think, look, if he goes with the three five two or whatever way he does it, I think the midfield are going to have to be compact. I mean, Ben had spoken on the opposition preview how their players are playing, you know, I think he said Ukraine, Germany and Belgium. And he said that some of their players are playing Champions League and Europa League. We don't have that right now. We have um Josh Cullen, who's playing uh, and elected and doing really well, done well the other night, and I expect him to start again. I think going forward, he has to be that player in that position. Um if if James McCarthy is fit and available, maybe that could be something considered down the line. But right now I think that's Josh Cullen's position to lose right now. Um he's trusted him against Serbia, so I think he'll trust him for the rest of the of the campaign to be that person if he's fit and available. My other worry is obviously Jason Malumbi came off after the hour mark the other, the other day. If he can bring his energy and ability, I would start him probably. Uh, in this midfield ahead of Jeff Hendrick, because purely down to balance, I feel we lacked the balance when Hendrick came on alongside Cullen the other night. Whereas I think if maybe Hendrick had of came on for Brown, maybe you'd still would have had that balance. But the thing is, it looked like Molumbi had just ran out of steam because he's not playing club football at the moment. So I think that's where the, the game's going to be won or lost. I, I I fully expect Alan Brown to regain his place after scoring the goal. He took him off after, I think it was 70-odd minutes. And um, I fully expect Alan Brown to to start. But So it's that other midfield position. Regardless, I think we're going to have a midfield three regardless. 4-3-3 or 3-5-2. So I think it's whether he goes with Malumbi or not. Maybe just Malumbi for the first hour. But you'd be hoping if it is Malumbi that first hour that we get their goals at that point. Because I know Hendricks playing Premier League football and stuff like that, but he really seems to be suffering from a lack of form. And he just, he doesn't, he just, it might have been, games just seem to be passing him by quite a lot. In any game I've been watching him in the last... A good while to be honest, last few months at the very least, we've done a lot of watch alongs watching Newcastle and a lot of games have passed him. Boy, whereas he started off really well at Newcastle, getting goals, and he looked like he was gonna start really enjoying football there, and then it's just kind of gone on a little bit of a downward spiral. Um, I know Malumby's not playing at club level, but we seen the other night the energy, and then when he when he when he went off the other night, the kind of game was it was pretty much lost after that because that balance. And I just purely, it's just purely a balance thing. It's it's nothing to do with ability. Sure, Jeff Hendricks well able, but I just don't like him alongside Cullen in that role because I think defensively he he just doesn't have the discipline. I say I know Malumbi gets about, but he still gets back in position. He might be a little bit erratic in terms of his challenges and stuff like that. But I think if you take away that edge, you take away that player. But I do think Malumbi should probably start this one.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, this international window—it's three games in six days, and this is the second game. And it's probably, Stephen will be probably keeping a careful eye in training because it depends whether the hour Jason Malumbi got on Wednesday night, whether that will really stand to him tomorrow night or else whether it's taken a lot out of him. And the fact that he hasn't got so much game time lately. And it is a bit of a conundrum. I I agree with you on Jeff Hendrick. He hasn't stood out for Newcastle, certainly in the last couple of months, but he has been playing week in, week out in the Premier League. Okay, maybe not 90 minutes, but he's getting either 60 minutes start or he's getting 30, 40 minutes off the bench. So if you look at it from club form, you're choosing between a, a midfielder who's playing regularly in the Premier League, albeit in the club that's uh, struggling and in, in a relegation battle just above the relegation zone against a player who didn't get a look in in a Brighton team that's in a similar situation to Newcastle more or less doing a little bit better and and then went on loan to Preston in January and I think we all expected him to get a lot of game time initially did and, and has been out, out of favor in recent weeks and that's a Preston team that's also struggling now that's mystified me it has because the Jason Molumby I saw in an Irish short in the autumn I was back then I was saying he has to get more game time. Graham Potter must be watching this. He is good enough for the Brighton first team. And he played himself, and that's what Stephen was seeing, obviously, because he played himself into the the team to start on Wednesday night. And I thought he had a really good first half in Belgrade. I did think he failed a bit, so I wasn't as surprised that he was taken off. Um, I didn't see the same levels of energy. Maybe, maybe this is with hindsight looking back. But uh, so... it it probably depends on whether the hour will stand to him and he's got 60 minutes under his belt and he could even be a better player tomorrow night or else whether it's taken a lot out of him and 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 only Stephen can make that call based on what what's seeing in training how he's how he's going etc but i agree with you that i think jason does give better balance beside josh cullen particularly if we're playing the the three five two formation um but it, it, it probably is, if you're looking at the team that started on Wednesday, it probably will be one of the, the bigger calls. Yeah, we, we talked already who's going to replace Aaron Connolly up top. But um, going with that formation, it probably will come down to a decision between Jason Molumby and Jeff Hendrick. And uh, I, 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 w- I would actually go for Jason Molumby, assuming that the, the, the hour hasn't taken too much out of him.
0: But then there's another conundrum with Gary because you have Jason Knight there who I know didn't play against Serbia at all but he would be playing week in, week out. He would have that energy and I'm sure he would have that discipline to play alongside him or what you could do alternatively is you could maybe swap Knight for Brown and Brown may be able to do that and give it a bit more balance um, because he's been playing in a number of different positions. I, I feel as though Brown's versatile enough to be able to maybe just play that rather than playing the number ten. I think he could play an eight, an eight position in this one, and then, yeah. and then maybe have Knight as the attacker.
1: Yeah, I mean Alan Brown has been Mr. Versatile for Preston. I mean he's even been playing as a right wing back as well. Obviously we're well covered in that position. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I the way I've been seeing it is him, Alan Brown and Jason Knight are probably competing for the same spot on the team, so. I think Jason Knight generally seems to play further forward for Derby. And I think Alan Brown had been crying out probably to play further forward for Ireland. So, um, but yeah, so Alan Brown certainly is Mr. Versatile, but do you lose something if you having played what I thought played very well in Belgrade, scored a goal. And then if you play him further back, are you actually taking something out of his game? So, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't see Jason Knight starting on uh, tomorrow night, but it may he may be an option coming off the bench for Alan Brown, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's going to be then between Hendrick and, and Malumby for that spot alongside Cullen. I think Cullen's nailed on. I, I think he's done really well and uh, hoping that there's no injuries right now. Stephen Kenny's in the middle of his press conference right now, I think. So it'll be a case of, you know, how, I'm just trying to strike the balance and just trying to trying to think of kinda of how if whatever formation he goes by, how we can alternatively get these players in because I do think if Alan Brown does shift back and Knight goes up, I think Knight Knight would kind of give us a bit more in that department. And then again he could go four 3 three and start Knight on the right hand side like he did against Bulgaria. So the I think in some ways it's kind of good to have the options and it will be good to see what way Stephen, I suppose, attacks them. But if you ta- if you put Knight on that right-hand side and you go back to the four, I think you take Mark Doherty's attacking threat out of, out of the equation a little bit as well. So again, it's about finding that balance, isn't it, really? I think he'll probably go with the same centre-backs, whether that's of a three or a two. I think if he's gone with a two, I think O'Shea and Clark could start again anyway. Um I think Coleman will start either way, whatever formation he goes with. It's just a matter of then what way. I think he'll probably stick with the three-five-two, 5 but again, it's about finding that balance. And um, I know yeah. I keep re- rephrasing that, but I think Stevens will start. Um, again, I think he, he'll be key to how we attack because I, I think Andy Stevens played well the other night
1: yeah and uh, i I think and Stevens is nailed on to start whatever way we say. There may also be a shouting goal. Uh, no, I think he will stick with Mark Travers and probably look for Gavin Bazunu to play against Qatar, but uh, I wouldn't totally rule out that he may decide to give Gavin Bazunu his head, but it, it might be a bit harsh and because we had talked about i mean Mark Travers was at fault for the second goal, but ninety nine times out of a hundred that Mitrovic chip uh, goes over the bar and gets forgotten about. This is the IFF TV Podcast.
0: We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team Fipe. As you can see in the image here, some of the clubs that Team Fipe has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team Fipe is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. Club administrators save hours of time with Team Fupe, save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, parents and players register with the system, which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates Team FeePay keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team FeePay already works with over 1000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team FeePay is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. Team FeePay is free to use. It's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees, there is no sign up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee, Fee TeamfeePay charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at TeamfeePay.com or call on plus 353 1526 7499.
1: is the IFF TV podcast?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's it. But uh, I think it would be extremely harsh for him to do that. As again, we 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 said, you know, it was a half a mistake. But at this level, that's what you're punished for. You know, um, if he comes out completely, fully, and takes out Mitrovic or or Mitrovic skips around and puts it in the net, more so, I'd be saying it's definitely his fault. But he came out a little bit, trying to sweep up, realized the ball was gone, and then it was too late when he realized. And look, it, it happens. and... He's the last line of defence in that case and um if he makes a mistake more often than that's more than likely gonna to lead to a goal, especially at international level. You get punished. It's the best players of every nation coming up against the best players of every other nation. So yeah, look, I think Travis was punished. I think I think Stephen would have had a word with him. I think yeah, and think Curly as well. I don't think people should be you know, giving them that much abuse because in reality, other than that, like you think of the first half he made that good save, but he was never really troubled other than that. You know, I really don't think he was he was as bad as people are making him out to be, you know?
1: Yeah, I I, I really hate this actually with the way social media is going because you just one one mistake and I mean it was Mark Travers went out his first competitive game for his country, and he's still a young lad, he's still only twenty-two as you say, he did well, he made a great save in the first half, and 99 times out of 100, that mistake for the second goal, the ball just, it doesn't go in and it gets forgotten about. And uh, it it really is awful to see that, now I know it's a tiny minority, but they're very vocal, and... uh, I don't know, I mean we've talked about it with other other players and I mean in many cases it's even worse because it becomes racist abuse or something like that but I I think something needs to be done. Maybe the social media companies need to do more about this and maybe validate that these people are real accounts because people can hide behind faceless accounts and just say some horrible stuff to players and uh, it it really isn't on and uh, I really hope Mark Travers uh, didn't uh, uh, check check Twitter and check his timeline uh, after Wednesday night. And uh, but look, he's he's a fine keeper. He's a decent young lad, and I'm sure he he, he will he will not let us down tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, well, I think we need to be wary of as well as as uh, like we need to make sure that we score, and if we can score early. In the first 20 minutes again like we like we did the other night against serbia and um, i think that would give us a massive boost a goal at home i know there's no fans but a, a goal at home and something to build off there i was actually so happy when we scored the other night. even when the camera went to Stephen, you could see how much it was you know he was delighted Um i would love to see Stephen get his first victory well obviously the irish team i'd love to see get the first but more so for him i i would just love for him to get that monkey off his back and you know then we we go on from there and start trying to play against teams and get the right results and stuff like that. It'd be amazing to get two wins out of the next two games and um, That should be the aim that we shouldn't be settling for anything less and I feel as though tomorrow we need to go out and we need to make a stamp and and show Luxembourg like we had been on there and he's quietly confident about coming up against us. We need to put that this type of stuff to bed. We need to start coming out and dominating games. And trying to win. I appreciate it will be tough having known who their players are and who they play with now. But I feel as though we've played against better opposition and we just haven't scored. I think we were better against Wales, um, I think we were better against Bulgaria. I think barring uh Dan Randolph basically throwing one in the net against Finland. I felt that like we were better side than that team. We just weren't scoring goals. Uh, people may say I'm biased, I don't really care. I feel as though there were games that we could have won and unfortunately in some cases just the goal went against us they got the first goal and that was it we need to make sure we get the first goal tomorrow
1: yeah i mean it's a difficult one i mean serbia were probably the toughest opposition Stephen has come up against in his reign and we can look back in the autumn games and it is a rebuilding process so yeah the results didn't go right And unfortunately, because they didn't go right, Stephen went into Wednesday night under a lot of pressure. Now, even though we lost on Wednesday, I thought the performance was really, really encouraging. And I think that's what we've got to look for in this campaign. I I, I really don't expect us to qualify for Qatar. I think if we do really well, we could get the runners-up spot behind Portugal, but it's becoming even a bigger ask after Wednesday night. But... The future is where we're looking at, and I think building, uh, establishing these younger players and building to qualify, to have a really good campaign and qualify for Germany 2024 has got to be the target. But to do that and to be given that chance, Stephen still needs more than just encouraging performances. He also needs some wins, and that's why I think... Luxembourg tomorrow night is actually a must win game as well so I'd like to see an encouraging performance but also a win and I think as you say if we get that win and we should still get that win that buys time I'm not as concerned about the Qatar game because Luxembourg is a competitive game it's a qualifier for the World Cup and the win sets us up we're going to Portugal I, I expect to see changes for the Qatar game. It is a friendly. We've also got two games coming up in June. We don't know what, what they are yet. But again, they're going to be an opportunity for Stephen to experiment. And I don't think he should be judged on the friendly results. And even not so much even in the friendly performances, because he has to be given a chance to try things. He got this job. He was thrown in. First game was Bulgaria, competitive game in the Nations League. Now, it was seen as being a, a rebuilding and experimental phase, but it's still a competitive game. And he also had the situation where his third game was going to be the absolutely crucial playoff uh, for the Euros against Slovakia. And if COVID hadn't happened, Mick would have been in charge for that. So there would have been less focus and less pressure on the early games from that perspective. So I think he has to be given the friendlies against Qatar and the June friendlies a free hand in those and to experiment. But I, I think Luxembourg tomorrow night is a must win. And the optics on this, if we don't beat Luxembourg, even though they're an improving country, even though they've had only some narrow defeats against Serbia and Portugal in the qualifying campaign for the Euros, um, Ireland at home to Luxembourg, you have to say, we, we, we have to win that game. and. I, I think it's absolutely crucial we get the first win tomorrow night. No, I, I think we will as well, but it's time to, t- tomorrow night we need a result and a result is, at home to Luxembourg, A result has to be a win.
0: And, and just kind of lastly, to, to, to finish up before we give our score predictions to anyone who hasn't seen the opposition preview, do you think that if we don't win tomorrow, Stephen Kenny's under serious pressure,
1: I think, unfortunately, he will be under serious pressure. Um, possibly all the if, players
0: that were out injured as well.
1: Yeah, I know. Look, he's been desperately unlucky. We've hit, so, we've hit so many players out with COVID in the autumn and with injuries as well. We're missing so many players at this time. Um, it probably depends on how the game goes, but the optics... Even if we play really well and get done by a bad refereeing decision or something like that, maybe. But, I mean, there was so much. The monkey's off his back about the goals now, so that's not so much a concern. But people are going to start talking, and how many games in, no wins if we don't win tomorrow night. And then people are going to say Luxembourg at home. So I think he will come under pressure i don't think he he would he would lose his job or or, or i definitely don't think he should lose his job no matter what happens tomorrow night but if we don't beat luxembourg suddenly the cup becomes far more pressure on the, the friendlies as well then Qatar becomes absolutely must win then you can't experiment which really you have to be able to experiment in these friendly games because ultimately the Qatar result doesn't matter the friendlies in june they're, they're friendly internationals, they're, they're a chance to experiment and again, you have to take the results with a pinch of salt, so I really, really hope we do win tomorrow night because it does buy Stephen, it buys the team some time and uh, unfortunately, if we don't, I think the knives could be out because uh, we've seen it not not just in social media, there are people who the knives out even before steven ever got the job or before his team ever kicked the ball had the knives out for him unfortunately
0: yeah no i i totally agree with everything you have said there I, I it's it is unfortunate he is missing players but this is the i suppose the pressure of the job that he's in but he knows that um i don't think he's actually fearing it i just see it there that um you know jerry's just tweeted out from from our account uh Despite the disappointing result, Darrell Shea says that there's always a great buzz around the camp when the players meet up and come into training. The players feel that a win is only a matter of time. So it seems as though the players believe and that's, that's what you want. It's clear to me that the players are buying into what he's trying to do. I appreciate that he will need time. So I'm not of this idea that he has to be sacked if we don't beat Luxembourg. I'm going to be major disappointed if we don't beat Luxembourg. I think we have to beat them if we want a serious chance to challenge for Qatar or challenge for a playoff spot. Without sounding like a a, a negative approach, but I, I'm trying to be a bit more realistic at the same time. That I know that we don't have the quality of a Serbia or or Portugal. That we have to make do with what we have, and especially when you have your 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 two best keepers out, you have arguably your best centre-back out in John, in John Egan, and then you have, um, and there's other players there as well, that uh, just off the top of my head, I, I can't think of, but he has been dealt huge, blows Aaron Connolly out as well, um, but look, injuries are part of the game, suspensions is part of the game, um, COVID necessarily isn't, and that's what he had previously, but this time around I think people won't be as um, uh, as easy on him because injuries happen to all squads in fairness so i think it's whatever way we do it if we win ugly or we win pretty i don't care we just need a win tomorrow a 2-1 win we've both gone for i would like to see uh i you know i'd like to see maybe alan brown get another and collins probably get another i'd be happy with that win 2-1 or 2-0 i think it's going to be 2-1 but as long as we win, I really, really just want to see you win tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also looks, you got to look at the dynamics and the way the group is going. Once we win tomorrow, we're still in contention for second place at least going into the, the games in September. Because our next competitive game after tomorrow is Portugal away. Now, look, we've said it's, it's a massive, massive ask for, for us to get anything from the Portuguese game, particularly the away game. Um, so, but, but also in that September window, we've Azerbaijan at home and Serbia at home. And I think if we're looking at getting the playoff spot, the Serbia home game becomes must win. Now, that's all assuming we win tomorrow night. If we don't win tomorrow night, you're, even though we'd only have played two games in the qualifying campaign, We'd be pretty much out of it if you're thinking about. We've already lost away to Serbia, who are probably our main rivals for the runners-up spot for the playoff spot. And if we were to drop points against Luxembourg, because realistically we would expect Serbia and Portugal to beat Luxembourg home and away, and Azerbaijan home and away. So, and that's where if the knives are out, the FAI may decide suddenly start looking. Do you look? Is it working? Do you look for a new manager? And you're writing off the campaign so that's why I think a win is so crucial and that if we win that sets up the September games, we can go to Portugal if we, if we get something fantastic and then it sets up a, a crucial home game against Serbia in, in September when hopefully we'll have at least some fans in the ground and we can have a right go at them and who knows we can get the three points and then the playoff spot is really up for grabs. So. I think it's absolutely crucial we get the win, however, we do it. Just win ugly, as the Americans say. Um, I'd like to see Callum Robinson get a goal, actually. I thought he was uh, a real threat the other night. A lovely cross for Alan Brown's goal. So um, it would be nice. It's always nice to see our strikers score. And uh, But it doesn't matter who scores, really. Um, Kieran Clark coming up from a set piece, he's a bit of a goal threat as well. But um, yeah, 2 1 win. Whoever can can manage
0: it yeah squeaky bum time I'm nervous even thinking about it Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments on that Gary's going to be doing the watch along with some fans tomorrow at around half seven so make sure you join him for that and don't forget to like the video don't forget to subscribe as well I believe we're very close to reaching that uh, nine and a half subscriber Point. So that's the 500 for the 10k. So if you're not subscribed, please do. It helps the channel grow. Please give it a like as well. It's much appreciated. And uh, leave your thoughts in the comments on anything we spoke about. Or if you want to just give your thoughts on how the game might go, let us know in the comments and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for watching.
1: The IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate, and subscribe.